Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, football fans? I am Danny Austin. This is the Live from the 55 podcast. Uh, we are about, what, 45 minutes, an hour removed from the Ottawa Red Blocks winning one of the games of the season, 43-41 against the Calgary Stampeders in overtime at McMahon Stadium. Um, I have just finished my story. I'm My head hurts. I got a headache. Uh, I feel like I can barely talk. should have grabbed a glass of water before going, but... We want to get something up for you guys uh, as quickly as possible here uh, so that there's something for for fans to hopefully listen to on Monday morning. It's been an absolutely, well, to be honest, I don't know that it was the world's greatest uh, weekend of CFL games. I don't think that Lions-Riders game was much to write home about. Um, but boy, oh boy, was this Stampeders and Red Blocks game awesome. Um, as I said, I feel completely wiped out, but um, what are you going to do? That's what the best CFL games do um to you so yeah i don't even know where to start um again 43 41 eight lead changes um first of all i mean full marks the ottawa red blacks i'm all in on on dustin crumb um honestly like i feel like two and a half weeks ago i'd never heard of the guy uh now he's beaten the winnipeg blue bombers and calgary stampeders um that's that's does it that doesn't just happen. I think that at some point, you know, you always want to see guys their their second time through playing against teams once there's been a lot of video. Um, but I just think, to be honest, I, I think that the Red Blacks had such a good game plan. Uh, they really limited sort of high-risk plays um, and, and did what Crum was good at. He, he did a great job escaping pressure. Um, yeah, he was sacked five times, but... Um, but I also I also just generally think that there were lots of times when the pocket did collapse around him and and he survived and found that that open receiver. Um, by and large, I think on the other side, I mean Jake Mayer had some great moments. He finished, you know, he completed twenty eight of thirty eight passes for four hundred and fifty yards, four touchdowns. Uh, the problem is there were also two interceptions and a fumble. Uh, the Red Blacks scored off sort of all of those. There was a pick six and then um, the fumble. They scored on the ensuing drive oh there's ian busby i can see him outside he's coming in to join me that's great and then that that final interception really felt like that was the moment where the stamps could kind of put their foot down and finish things up and they just didn't um this leaves the stampeders in an absolutely really really difficult spot uh they have the alouettes in montreal next week um i like what the alouettes have shown me uh they're obviously coming off a bye week and then yeah you have what toronto bc winnipeg toronto in august absolutely brutal um so I don't know. I, I just right now I look at these Ottawa Red Blocks. They're three and three. They're five hundred. A couple weeks ago, um, we did this whole hi Ian. Ian's going to join it here in just one or two minutes once I'm done with my intro. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I had the Red Blocks sort of in that 
bottoms third tier along with the Edmonton Elks. Um, I will gladly apologize. I got family in Ottawa. Love them to death. Huge Red Blacks fans. Um, this Red Blacks team is a lot better uh, than I realized. Yeah, the Stampeders went perfect. Um, but, you know, if I only focus on one team, I think I'm missing the point, which is that the Red Blacks have currently, they have a better record. They're 500. Stamps are two and four. Um, this Red Blacks team, if you told me that they were going to be down to what, this is their fourth quarterback? Uh, <laughs> and, and that they were going to be beating the, the Blue Bombers and, and St. Peter's, I never would have believed you. As for the Stamps, um, you know, I'll, I'll just read a quote from Dave Dickinson. He said, uh, I'm of the opinion that you have to do something different. You can't continue to make the same calls or coach the same ways. The players aren't responding. That's it. We found ways to change it up a couple of years ago. He's referring to 2021. And the players responded, so now we have to find the same ways or we have to get new players. That's the other option, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I certainly think you know, it, it's too soon after um, for me to you know, specifically target or name certain players. Um, I, I, I think we can see. Uh, I, I think that there were certain plays there where uh, you just wonder. Again, it was just an execution thing, and the problem is every time people say it's just an execution thing, it ignores the fact that football is about execution. That is, it's like 90% of the game. You can have the perfect game plan. You can have great elite players you, everything it's just you need to execute and the stampeders are not executing at the level they need to right now um i think it's great that they threw for as many yards as they did they also Diedrich mills had six run attempts um you know even the short yardage game wasn't quite where it needed to be um i don't know there's so much to unpack here i've got ian busby he's very gracefully like it's it's 9 30 on a on a sunday night here um and I was like, what am I going to do? Ian said he'd come in. So uh, before he does, I am just going to very quickly, as I am want to do, um, gosh, I can show you just a charcuterie board right now. Um, I'm very hungry. They have canceled halftime pizza at McMahon Stadium. I'm not going to complain about this too much. I got some stuff I got to talk to uh, some people about. It. McMahon, the elevator also wasn't working today. This was not a good day for covering the Stampeders. Um, but, man, a charcuterie board would have made that a lot better. I'll say that. Frazier and Fig, they do the best of them. Um, they do these amazing cheese and charcuterie boards, boxes. They're made fresh, artisanal ingredients, provisions. Um, you know, again, ready to go. You can pick them up. You can order them. You can do what you want, really. Picnics, parties, whatever you want. Uh, they got four sizes. They suit every occasion. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. I shouldn't slam the table like that. I'm told it's not good. And comes across on the microphone. But yeah, thank you to Fraser and Fig. We're super pumped to have them on board. Um, I, I'm not even going to make the joke. I'm sure people can tell. Normally, 45 minutes after a game is not when I pop on and talk for 45 minutes to an hour. Normally, I go home and drink a bunch of water and, uh, I don't know, like watch YouTube or something. But I got Ian Busby here, so we're going to get set up real quick. Let's cut to that. Thanks, guys, for watching. We're going to try to do our best. We are going to talk about other games a little bit, but... Um, Right now, a pretty consequential loss for the Calgary Stampeders, a pretty consequential win for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, so, I don't know. I do feel the other, to be honest, am I, am I wrong here? I'm going to open up the little CFL Connect. The other three games, the teams that I thought were going to win won. So, it's, it is a little bit more interesting. Um, again, I do just want to kind of adjust. So, we're going to cut here. I'm going to bring Ian on. Uh, I'm wearing my James Wilder Jr. hat from 2018 um, only because I honestly like got on screen and I was like, you know, I'm 39, and I was like, I look like a 75-year-old man right now. Um, so I put on this hat because I shaved. I hate shaving. Um, here we go. Ian Busby, thanks for watching. Here we go. All right. Did a little adjustment. Got the mics. Got the double mics here set up. So feeling a little more comfortable. All and right. um, Ian, I know, again, like me, 
Um, you you watched the game. You were not at the stadium. I know you were watching no. um, from home. I was watching part from work, part from a pub. Um, it was an exciting game. Holy smokes. It you was can't fun. beat it for entertainment. That value. was great entertainment. And we, we didn't have a lot of great entertainment through the CFL this weekend. Um, no. You can't have it every weekend like we did last weekend. But this was obviously the game of the week and probably one of the games of the year. And, well, well it looks like Ottawa Red Blacks uh, have, a, have so a guy. They have a guy. We're going to go heavy. But, I mean, <laughs> to your point about how not every game is going to be entertaining, like, I look at it. Okay, Winnipeg beat Edmonton 28-14. We expected we would have picked. We would have picked them. They didn't, they didn't cover the spread, which was 14 and a half, which, which is ridiculous. Was, it's amazing how the, I always, when the, when the bookmakers actually get that pinpointed, I am always surprised. Toronto beat Hamilton 31, 15. Yeah. Everyone would have picked that. And then the lions beat the riders in a game. That I truly struggled to get through uh, 19 to nine. Yeah. You would have picked the lions to win the game. Now, good football teams win the games they're supposed to win. So exactly. that is the significance of those three games. I think everyone with dustin crumb starting i think we've learned a lot about dustin crumb we're going to get into that but you know oh hey second game the stamps will have some some tape on them i think we had the stamps as, as pretty heavy favorites i thought they were i thought they were going to win i thought that was going to be a one yes. one game blip they would have their defense swarming and they they threw a lot of kitchen sink stuff at him and he still was looking pretty, pretty his, solid his composure in in the pocket yeah. um now i think that does not belie a guy who's making his first or second start second right? start yeah i i do think that the game planning was was pretty exceptional um by the way there was a lot um you know a, a lot of play action um yeah there they ultimately established the run which then allowed them that extra sort of split second um and i think crumb he was not asked to do a ton his the passes he was throwing weren't super hard other than the yeah. final what was his um, rushing totals at the end his rushing total was 63 63 that's the thing on, um, nine, on nine carries he just He's, he's one of those, okay, I'm going to take it down and I'm going to go. And he knew exactly where his yard markers were and he, he was just getting first down. And then, I mean, he threw a, the the touchdown in the fourth quarter was genuinely, I, the trail Jamerson probably shouldn't be getting beat on that ball, um, but was ultimately, I thought Dustin Crumb was exceptional. Yeah. For a guy in that position, I think that yeah. that's exactly and what the, you want to see. There was a lot of deep passes connected tonight, and that's what you want to see. This is what the, makes the league so fun. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, the, you know, you, the snaps are probably looking at that. It's like, hey, we got some busts downfield. We had some guys open. Shouldn't have allowed that. But the Stamps did that as many times, too. Jake Mayer had four great touchdown passes. Like, Well, I, this is – and this is what I was going to say is I, I look at Dustin Crumb, 23 of 39 – 254 yards, two touchdowns, and then on the ground, as we said, nine runs for 63 yards. You look at Jake Mayers, and on, on the surface, if you cut out the two interceptions, the two yeah. interceptions and the fumble, 24 yes. of 38, 450 yards and four touchdowns, bam. Yes. That's exactly what you want. But the three turnovers were obviously killer because well, the, right one of them was a pick six. Yeah. Uh, the Red Blocks, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe, believe that they scored a touchdown after yes. the fumble. Yeah. And then they scored again after the – Yeah, they converted – and they, they made them pay for all their mistakes. My lead in my story is that there were so many moments in that game where it felt like the Stampeders were one play away from finishing it. Yes. And in every one of those situations, the Red Blacks were the team that came up yeah. big. And, and that uh, interception. If you can make a team like pay for their mistakes, then you only make three or four mistakes and suddenly it's oh, well, completely they always say, different. You game. win the turnover battle, yeah. you're typically going to win the game. Um, and it's just. I, I saw so much that I liked from Drake Mayer. I, man, this Clark Barnes kid, I don't know how closely you were watching him, but like he's good. Yeah. He is, I mean, a third round pick coming in. Uh, like uh, for me, I haven't, we don't have the stats, so I can't like go and say, I don't know, maybe there's some great rookie in 
Toronto, who I'm completely missing, or like what I do know is Clark Barnes, what is showing me is he's definitely, if he's not the front runner, he's one of the front runners for most outstanding rookie. Um, you know, five catches for 87 yards plus a ton. Um, he was involved a lot on special teams. On special teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got that here. So, yeah, 110 yards. So, you know, that's 200 yards basically of all purpose, all purpose yards. I was really impressed there. This is the thing I could go through. And if I ignored the fact that the Stampeders lost, yes. if this was a loss to, to the Lions or to the Bombers yeah. or to Toronto, I would say, look, the result is disappointing, but you here's put, all you these put up 41 points. Like it's the fact that like Dustin Crum may be the second coming of whoever, but he's still a guy who's starting a second game. I'm not sure you should be losing 43, 41. And it now puts the Stampeders in a position where they're two and four. Yes. They got yeah. the Alouettes in Montreal. That's a good Alouettes team coming yes. off a of bye. Then you have, a, I said this in the intro, and I don't know the exact order, but I know Toronto bookends it. So it's Toronto, BC, Winnipeg, Toronto in August. Yeah. You have to be better than this. Yeah. No. And we, a couple of weeks ago, we sat here and said if they can win in Regina, and they did, and then they can come home, and you should expect to be win beating the Red Blacks at home on a Sunday night. And uh, then you're back to three and three, and you're 500, you're okay. Well, now two and four. I mean, I'm not I'm not panicking about this, but I I hearing a lot and seeing a lot of people out there right now who are just not happy with the stamps team. And I feel like this was a this was a pretty good game. Like there's a lot of elements you're gonna be positive about in this game. Again, yeah, your quarterback made some big mistakes, but he also made some great plays. 100%. His his deep ball accuracy was the thing that we were talking about earlier this season that was the problem. How many deep balls did they hit? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, when they, they went over the top again and again and again. Yeah. And, and I mean, and again, this is one of those things where what I'm saying, it's that that one play that was went over the top to Trey Odom's Dukes. This yeah. isn't a criticism of Trey Odom's Dukes. The guy had over 100 yards receiving. Yeah. But he literally was gone and he just tripped. Like yeah. he literally just went down to the 50 yard line. Yeah. And that is like, well, OK, sometimes with, you stumble over your own feet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then they well, what was the other long touchdown throw? Oh, Mark and Michelle. Yeah. Um, I had uh, a big one. Um, well, he had two touchdowns that were both Clark Barnes. Look. He Jake completed a 95 yard touchdown, 54 yards to Clark Barnes, 45 to Trey Odom's Dukes. Um, and and the, th- the other thing was, whenever they needed a first down, Reggie Bagleton was right in there. And that, well, and that old, he was in that old, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, Marquay Mar- McDaniel yeah. range where it was like, we just need the first down. Boom, let's get that first now, down. Now, I was a little bit, to be honest, like I thought that the defense was exceptional, um, all season. I thought that like it was sort of one of those things where the offense couldn't stay on the field. Eventually, they were getting grinded down. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the defense is going to be pretty pretty disappointed with this performance. They so do. They, they have to be disappointed. But you look at some of their plays. I don't see them having a lot of big breakdown in their plays. They, they, you got to give Dustin Crum credit. They, they he just was composed. They were throwing the different things at him. Like I saw a lot of different looks on defense, and they they were like, "Okay, kid, can you handle this?" And then he handled it. Yeah. And and he's I think the difference there was that r- the running ability because when he can pull down and so rush would be coming super fast he'd be like okay I'm just going straight up the middle instead that, that happened a couple of times where you're just like the stamps were just all over them and the, the def- I can't remember which uh, guy came in and he he wrapped or went to grab a ghost basically and flew by him and he's like wait he's gone already so uh, impressive performance from the Red Blacks I think. The stamps, yes, this isn't a good loss. You know, there's no such thing as a good loss when it's something like this. But 
I'm certainly not disappointed with everything that happened today. Of course, I also really love overtime and I love the entertainment factor of it. Oh, it's been, I mean, yeah. If you're look, the last and let, let's remember the that Stamps they, got an, a touchdown in overtime. They just missed the two point convert. Yeah. And they just didn't, I don't feel like they had a great play on that one. And the rush came too fast and it was just not working for them. But no, again, I mean, they were over three on they, two they point. They were one, one play away in this game. Over three on. On, on two point conversions, which isn't good enough. Um, you, you, you just need to be better um, than that. And I don't know if that's simple, as simple as practicing. I, I don't know what it is. Um, and this is a team that used to be excellent on three point or two point conversions. Uh, back a few years ago, when they changed the distance, uh, Dave decided to go to, to try for two points more often. And they were excellent at it. Now they, of course, they were relying on their slot receiver. And I think, Arquay McDaniel, I mentioned second time I mentioned, I think he set the record for most two point conversions in a single season at that point in time. So yeah, that, that's just off the top of my brain. Um, beyond that. So as you said, I am not panicking either, but I'm also, I think that I have to be realistic. Um, yeah. The Stampeders are not in that top tier currently. They're just not. No. Um, and the fact is, um, look, they split with the riders. They split with the Red Locks. So the teams that they are in that second tier with, yeah, they're not they're not beating them right now. They're not beating them right now either. They're they're splitting, which is ultimately like maybe that's just what the expectation has to be for this team. Um, but you now are gonna have a run against those top tier teams. And yeah, they you know, those teams are improving too. So the stamps there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And as for the Red Blacks, look, um, I can't pull up a CFL standings right now because God forbid you be able to do anything. What? I literally, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong here. Standings. Um, CFL standings. The We're going to Google The regular this, site yeah. doesn't have it? Um, well, so this is Google, which hasn't updated it yet. Yeah, yeah. And then you go CFL standings. Now, probably Sportsnet might, or TSN. Well, that's the CFL. TSN website. quietly, like. CFL website should have yeah, it on there. What? Yeah. What, do, what do you, why is it all blank? Because. Is it in the process of updating? It doesn't keeps with the old system oh wait you're telling me that the cfl is incapable of updating one system while having another functional all right no way um, um <laughs> anyways i like let's to ultimately we know what their record is yes um they are they are three and they're, three they're game back of the riders they're two games back of the lions i am aware that quarterbacks young quarterbacks come in look great and you know it, it does yeah. often five or six games in teams have enough tape and are able to make the adjustments and well, it's it's becoming on those quarterbacks then to adjust to the adjustments right exactly that's always what it is we can't speak to what's going to happen you know in we september with, with dustin crumb what i know is hey man he's <laughs> he just beat calgary and <laughs> hey, winnipeg hey, like and i ran into a couple of the tsn guys who again what i was going to say very quickly I, it's late i've been working for a while i'm going to be all over the place a little bit honestly tsn's website is the only thing that's, that's that keeping has, this, that's thing keeping this thing afloat. Okay. Um, they have stats. It's great. <laughs> um, ultimately, I think that Ottawa right now is luck. I, I well, don't know that they're, they're better than Montreal, but they're. I know that they're in the mix. And... Well, they're second place in the East right now, and you know this is a team that has lost their top, <laughs> their top two quarterbacks, right? Aren't they? I mean, I don't. I, I'm all. Yeah, I guess they are, right? Yeah. Well, Tiger Cats are two and four. But are the Alouettes still two and three? Yeah, they must. Yeah, they, don't, they didn't they, play this. They week. didn't play this. Week. So yeah, so there you go. Yeah, so yeah, so they're in second place uh, now. A lot of season left to go, but you know, and the, the East Division basically is playing for second place right now. The Argos are running away with it. So, and you're looking at that team as being okay. The the Stamps got Argos twice in a month here. 
that's going to be the real test, right? Yeah, I ran into this. Was I ran into the the TSN broadcast crew, and one of them did say they were like the way that I look at Calgary going to Montreal. Yeah, and I always just sort of chalk it up as a loss because they played so badly. Yeah. Montreal. He said that's how he feels about the Argos coming to Calgary. Yes. Um, and I don't know how that true how true that is. I haven't. That. I, I mean, I would have done the, more the prep numbers work. Numbers are probably in, in that range, but I always remember yes. them beating. Now, what would happen was you know, often Toronto would come here early in the year and the stamps would be firing out of the gates usually with good mm -hmm. you win your home games like this was uh, the stamps won a home game yet no um no alberta <laughs> team has won this year uh, <laughs> in alberta yeah yeah uh well somebody well, they're gonna play each other so somebody's gonna have to win in alberta but it might not be the home team but i, I would expect that the stamps by labor day are gonna be feeling like they can win that back to back against edmonton i would hope so yep anyway Anyway, we're all over the map again. They really better. Uh, yeah, let's try to keep it focused a little bit. Uh, we will come back to uh, Stamps with Red Blacks. Um, I just honestly, I, I think that there is a general sense of, you know, this team, overtime this week, last second field goal the week before. Yeah. Overtime the week before that, because that would have been the Riders lost. Right. I don't know if there was a bye week in there. Uh, oh, no, there was Winnipeg in there. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah, anyways, three of their last four games have basically come down to last, the last, last couple of players. Game. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they're one and two in those games. They're one and two in those games. That means that they are likely pretty close. Yeah, they're not They're not far off. And you know, like, I still feel like when you score 41 points in a game, you're going to feel like there was a couple of plays you left out there that will make you feel like you're you're right there yeah. you it just could have gone your way and, and the stat that jumps out to me is if if kadeem carry is in that game are you giving him the ball more than six times i, would I don't so. know why that they went they went away from Diedrich um a fair bit didn't work right. um but their their past game went 450 yards so this is why yeah <laughs> well it's also this and again my final thought on this is this this is still one of those things where you know, I'm so focused in on the Stampeders. It's, you know, it's part of why I'm enjoying doing this podcast is because yeah. I do talk about other things and I have to pay a little bit closer attention. That relies on other people's reporting. Um, I don't mean, as you said, if you are a fan of anyone other than the Calgary Stampeders, like literally any other team in the CFL, or you're just an, an American watching on CBS and right? you get and you, this game. Yeah. Man, that was fun. It was fun. Um, like, I loved it. And it was great. For me, you know, assuming you didn't have there work was, or, there, or was, there was big plays, there was crazy stuff on uh special teams. A block punt is always fun to watch. Oh, I forgot about it. we made it this far. I didn't mention block punt. Yeah. Uh and then like and then you you go to overtime and you get in there and it's just guns a blazing and like, I don't know, fun yeah. game. And I, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. No one who doesn't like the CFL is listening anyway for 15 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, honestly, if you're a football fan and it's a Sunday night in Calgary, it's like a nice, hot 25, 26 degree, yeah. probably hotter day. Man, like, you just can't. There's nothing that you are going to spend your money on that is going to be better than what we saw today. This yeah. was, this was absolutely awesome. It's why you love the league. Um, it was, was it weird being here at home on a Sunday this early in the season? Like, they, they never play at home on a Sunday. Basically, Labor Day is more like a holiday type of game. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't know that that stuff necessarily like super affects me. I kind of just like, I'm like, all right, one's day one of the practice. Week. Yeah. I'll see you there. I know. That's, like, your, your week starts day one. Yeah. One, two, three, four. It'll change when the flames are back. And I'm trying to balance both. There will be sort of preferences right. um, there, obviously. But uh, for now, no. I like to me, honestly, it felt great. And the stadium, they, they said that there was, I mean, I, it, looked like a pretty, it looked like a pretty solid crowd on TV. That's I know. Sure. I just don't know. 
at this point. Honestly, I see the crowd and I'm like, that looks good. And then they give a number that's lower than I think. And then sometimes I think the crowd looks bad and they give yeah, a number yeah. that's higher. Like it's it's hard to say. I think it was around twenty two thousand, um, which is ultimately the fans were no into one, the game though. No that's one wants definitely. to hear this. Oh yeah. Like when Renee had a after he hit that. Well, and he, we didn't mention yet. He's yeah. over two thousand points for his career oh, yeah. now. So when I buried us. Yeah, he hits another yes. tying one to send us to overtime, right? Exactly. What more? This game had everything we want. What more can you say? <laughs> uh, it was awesome. The crowd, the crowd was super fun. Uh, apparently, there were they had a three. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com dollar hot dog and a pop promotion which is very good um I don't know. I'm not, to be honest, I'm also slightly annoyed with certain things that happened at today's game from a media perspective, so I'm only going to compliment them so much. Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's relatively inhumane. To, whatever. Okay, <laughs> um, real quick. I mean, okay. I, I honestly don't have that much to say about Lions Riders. Um, well, the I only will thing say there is... Very like happy you, Vernon Adams is not. That's Vernon the, Adams like, left the game. It looked really serious. Yeah. Farhan Lalji from TSN. Back, right? Yeah. Farhan is tweeting that they do not think it's serious. Uh, they're going to do continue to evaluate over the next two or three days, and it is possible yeah. that he plays next week. The, uh, the reports I saw was the initial thing is there's no major ligament damage, which is what you want to hear. Uh, if he, he can re- rehab and, and work work it out, hopefully he's back shortly. But Dane Evans played pretty well, and yeah. uh, they completed like, 16 the, to 25 for this 219. Is, this is basically why they signed him. Because you never know, and you know sometimes you're only as good as your backup quarterback, and they might have the best backup quarterback in the league. I also, I, I hate, mean, uh, now that Dustin Crum is the fourth stringer playing for the stand, I, I do feel like it's slightly overstated how many people are suggesting that the Lions will trade uh, Dane Evans because I actually don't think that many people are. I think it's something that like guys like me are like, you idiots, and no one's actually saying <laughs> no it. Nobody's ever like said no it. one's actually saying yeah. it. But um, this is why ultimately you. you have a, a solid backup because you are at any point one injury away yeah um and it's why the stampeders were never trading Bo last year after he lost the starting job yeah. and it is why dane evans actually there and i will just say like it was good to see dane evans out there yeah he looked I, he looked but like his old self he had comes in when he i think his first drive when he came in he hits the touchdown pass he looked like he was confidently leading that offense and you're like okay and the lions just shut the riders down after that couple of interceptions late to to seal the win win uh mason fine you know some some flashes there i know a, a lot bit, of people but... were 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 very frustrated it seemed with the conservativeness of of the riders approach and that uh, they and settled I, for I, a lot of short i short think games. and i think that's what you like the game plan with a younger quarterback like that is you're just trying to make things simple for him 
the Lions defense is great. So I think right. that, that was evident again with this game being uh, 26 points total or something, right? Yeah. 28 points total. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know that Mason Fine can hit a bunch of 35 yard bombs. So I don't know that I'm trying with him. I think right. You try to play conservative, keep it close, try to win the last five, six minutes. Yeah. Now, Didn't happen. And the, the Riders run game was non-existent. Like just completely. <laughs> yeah. Like I think their starting running back had an average of less than a yard to carry. So when you when that happens and you're not establishing anything, you're not helping out a you're not putting him in any second and shorts, at least for no. most of the time. So. Um Argos 31, Tigers 15. This is again, as I said, just this a, this is just kind of one of those games where the Argos yeah, were, were in they're control, just like, yeah, never really felt like they were threatened. No. And they went into Hamilton and just, you know, it wasn't like they wiped the floor with them, but it wasn't like there was any doubt there, right? Yeah, it feels like that's, that's just a team that's chugging along week to week. They know what they're doing. They know what they are. And I think that's the thing that you see from that team is like they've already figured out what they are and what they do well, and they're just moving forward. But that should come from a team that just won the Grey Cup, right? Oh, I mean, it's this has been the most interesting thing about the Argos is I don't think any of us, like, I don't think – any of us, I think all of us still felt like the Bombers were the best team in the league, yeah. even though they didn't win the championship. Right. And the Argos have sort of come out and just made us all eat our words. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, no, we we actually didn't. It wasn't a fluke. No. No. You know, and that that coaching staff, that just looks like a solid coaching staff. With, when they're on the sidelines, they just look calm and ready to go. Like with Corey and uh, Corey Mason, well, Ryan Dinwiddie, those guys are just... And I know that for a lot of us, um, I think the discipline was an issue going into the 2022 season with that Argos team. And there were, yeah. there were questions about that. And I think the fact that those issues are not there yeah. is a, a credit to the players and, and be a credit to the coaching staff coming in and sort of very much professionalizing it. Um, and yeah, I've been, there's just, there's not nothing to say other than I like, and I've said this on the podcast before, I like when the defending champion comes in and makes the rest of the league take it from them. Yes. We're the best team. We're the champions. They're acting like they, they're wearing the belts well, every time they're walking out. And it's, the, it was the great thing yeah. about the Bombers over yeah. the last couple of years was they were like, oh, no, we run this league now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've, I, this is, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but my big frustration, particularly with 2022, was I wanted the CFL to market around that. I wanted right. it to be everyone going after Winnipeg. Yeah. Everyone, like from the start of the year, the big bad bombers, the whole league wants to knock them off their perch, but it's our crown. It's yeah. our, it's our throne. Come and take it. Like I, I wanted that. And I, I do think that there's reasons why the league never does that. Um, yeah. The other eight teams don't like one having the spotlight, but exactly. I think that the Argos right now have a little bit of swagger to them. And that, that thing that only, you only really get one team in the league who ever, is ever capable of this, right? but where they just, they cruise the way that they did. Yeah. The tie cats. Well, and they look it's unbothered. Very, it's very similar to several years ago with the stamps every year. It was like from 14 to 18, basically it was, they, they felt like the team that was confident. And then basically going through from the regular season when Zach took over in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, when took over that quarter back job for those yeah. next couple of years, Winnipeg had that. And yeah. now I, I don't think people like me saying it, but the Argos have it. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're they're so they're un, like it, to me, they're undisputed number one team in the league right now. And Winnipeg won this week, and it was again just felt like that. I've one, never had that one less was, to that one say about a game than Winnipeg and Edmonton. Like Winnipeg was always going to win this one. They did. It's the exact same thing technically that I'm saying about the Argos. Oh yeah, I know. It's just well, uh, and the thing is, like early far? in that game, Edmonton gets 
bunch of opportunities to make some things happen. Uh, like Winnipeg makes a few mistakes. They get down, they get down to the goal line and then suddenly it's like off the hands interception. Okay. That scoring drive is snuffed out. And then it just, they can't, Edmonton can't seem to catch a break, but at some point they're going to have to catch a break. They're not going to go winless, right? We haven't had a winless team in the CFL for a long time. Yeah. I mean, what? Okay. So this week coming up, you got Hamilton, Ottawa, Ottawa. At this point, Ottawa should win that game. Like I'm, I, I'm, at home? Yeah. Like after the momentum they put yeah. together. and um, Argos, Riders. I just don't see how the Riders can generate the offense um, to really push the Argos. Uh, the Argos are good everywhere. BC, Edmonton. Like The Elks aren't winning that one. No, BC looks solid as long and depends like if Vernon Adams is playing or not, but uh, you still feel confident with Dane Evans. So, and and then, then the Elks have a bye week I want to just keep going through and just see what the Elks schedule is. Then they have the Bombers again. So they're not winning that. (laughs) Is that another game at home? Oh no, that's in Winnipeg. And they have Hamilton. So August 17th, that's in Hamilton. Uh, You'd really like them to win a home game at some point, but I guess that's winnable. And their next home game will be (laughs) Calgary. Week 12, they've got Ottawa. Oh, Ottawa. Home. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that's the thing. We you're not going to be picking yeah. Edmonton versus anybody and at this point in time. Day. No. Because we thought Ottawa, three weeks ago, we thought Ottawa was the the other bottom rung 100%. team. And now two weeks later, we're like, okay, they're definitely in that middle group, but they're pushing towards the well, top. Can so. I ask you, right, right now, if we were doing power rankings, man, I'm all over the place. That's what happens when I'm tired. And I've done like <laughs> it's been a long weekend. Through no I fault totally of my own. I, like I didn't have time. We're trying to get this out in the morning. I just couldn't do any prep work. So no, this no. is all like this is much more off the cuff, but we don't have like our but like I would have Edmonton as my ninth team in the power rankings. Yeah. Is it Hamilton or yeah, it's Hamilton. And then Calgary? Maybe, yeah. It's Calgary seventh, yeah. Because they haven't played Montreal, but we're gonna find out, I guess, a lot. So then, from this week above that, because now that is they're it, going into Montreal for next weekend, right? Okay. So that we're gonna find out a lot about both of those teams in that game. Yeah, but so I'm genuinely curious. Like this might be crazy, and this might be a huge overreaction. But who mm-hmm. is is are the Red Blacks fourth? fourth? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that possible? Right? Is it because uh, like, I, I we probably, know who's on the top? It's Toronto. And I don't then know it's that BC, I like, and then it's Winnipeg. And I'm like, if you were to give me straight I up I Ottawa, Saskatchewan, I think I take Ottawa in a head to head. Yeah. Again, could be overreacting, but they just beat the Bombers and they just beat the Stamps. And they, and we, we were talking about it earlier this year that Ottawa is a pretty solid team over like top to bottom. They were just having quarterback injuries. Yeah. And now that is solidified. So that's the thing. So I guess it's sort of like a, you have that at this point. And I don't like saying, because again, I think the, the Stamps are only like, couple plays yeah. go go their way in there in a, in a much different position so, so I, you, I don't yeah i think you would I still put them ahead of montreal but i guess i definitely put it put them ahead of hamilton and like the thing is i might put calgary ahead of saskatchewan well they just beat saskatchewan too yeah. but they've also lost to them earlier in the year on a on a last play that would have changed it My, so, so the reason why he's doing this so was, you can talk this you can talk we can talk to ourselves into circles and see which way which I basically was like, where is Ottawa? And I think Ottawa might be fourth in my power rankings right now. Could be. I wouldn't dispute it. Like, you could make an argument for that completely. Yeah. Yeah. They, we may look like idiots in two weeks. I might look like an idiot. Well, and here's the thing. Like, okay, they were only good in the last, like, three minutes of that last game against Winnipeg. 
I wouldn't say they were only good. They they were pretty solid in the second half. They weren't putting up touchdowns, and then they suddenly were like pick six. And he had another pick six tonight. Jeez, that guy, Dandridge. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they've got they've just got playmakers on both sides of the ball, and the Winnipeg uh, or the Ottawa receiving core, they're a solid group. That Jalen Acklin is impressive. Yeah, Bahar, yeah, he's had a great game tonight. Pick gets the winning two point conversion. So Ottawa's a solid team. Like you can, I you you could make this argument that they are number four, and they're not that far off. But okay, again, we've had eight quarters of action of this guy named Dustin Crumb, who we were just like, I don't know. And like, like, honestly, if you want to come and say like, Oh, it's like, what are you guys talking about? It's only, well, they were, they won two like, overtime yeah, games too. Guys, so. We're trying to fill space on a podcast. Like, <laughs> like I know no, no, we're here to talk about important stuff. Yes. No, but like, I, I am fully aware that all of this could flip on a dime. Yeah. And like, I, I always like, People want you to have debates over who's better and who's not. Like every Winnipeg fan will be like, talk to me in November and be yeah. like, cool, you don't want content till November. Right. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I don't know that Ottawa is, I don't know that I'd pick them as my fourth team to win the Gray Cup. But here's but the thing right now, is who this, am I picking this, above is them? Is this in a head-to-head not game? a great story for, okay, three weeks ago, we were thinking, oh, Ottawa is going to be another like two and two and 16, and they're going to, yeah. they're going to be out by, no, no, like this, the old adage is like the season doesn't start by Labor Day. I'm like, where we're we going to be in a month? I don't know. Yeah. Like that's where we could be all over the map. A million things can change because how many things have changed in the last three weeks? So, uh, yeah. Please nobody go back and listen to me talk about the tears. <laughs> I was right with you on the tears though. Uh, I, really, I, I said that Stamps would probably be the team that joins the upper tier and they still might, but you never know. Like they have to start winning games. Big onus on going into Montreal, yeah. and you've you've been adamant that they don't win very many games in Montreal. I mean, I and I it's interesting. Like, yes, also they need to start cutting out the mistakes. Like that's the that's the thing that sticks out with me about the yeah. Stampeders. And yes, we're going back to the Stampeders. Just left the stadium. The elevator wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pizza at halftime anymore. It's been a it's been a long night. Um, like my thing is that I genuinely all the plays where they don't screw up, like their special teams coverage. I'm like, as long as you, every play where you don't allow a touchdown, yeah. you look great. It's yeah. just, just, they allowed two touchdowns last game. Yeah. Like Jake well, Mayer. I'm like, Oh better. wow. Jake's like really figuring it out. Like they're being more aggressive with their play calling, going over the top, going yeah. deep, doing all of that. All the things that three weeks ago, everyone was mad that they weren't doing. They're doing now and finding success, but there's these mistakes. It's like, it's almost, Oh, yeah. if you could just eliminate your mistakes, which I'm, it's obviously easier than said. Yeah. But you're you're not trying to play a perfect game in July. You want to play your perfect games in November. But you you're, already you have talked about are schedule. always wanting to be building towards it, right? So are you seeing progress with this team? That's the question. Yeah. We're seeing progress. They have just they're making in they some could, areas. like the two touchdown thing last week. Well, they were solid solid on uh, special teams coverage tonight. Yeah. Um, and I think Tyson Middlemost helped out a lot with that, right? Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. it just felt like that was like okay that's a guy who hasn't been in the roster and I'm like okay he's he's out there and he's one of the first downfield all the time i'm like okay well, his speed actually does help yeah it was very funny like see if i gay's website inexplicably this is again this is me being tired where i say things like this their game preview was like well the stamps know they can rely on offense on on reggie bagleton and tyson middlemost and i was like i don't think tyson middlemost has had a catch all year i think um i think that's a they think he, yeah. they, they 
mix him for mix him up for somebody else i honestly we all make we all make mistakes we all say it was it was funny more than anything it's just like tyson metal most there is a really good specialties player it's just inexplicably this year there have been just a couple instances and i'm not going to name names where people have just who clearly have not followed the stampeders who don't do them know them have really focused in on the importance of tyson middlemost to the offense and he's just not that important on offense um no he's not even yeah, a starter so, is he yeah that's not specific to like yeah. to ca that's not specific <laughs> to anyone it's just it's been a weird thing um yeah i guess is there anything look i think um I know you weren't there, uh, but let's just kind of rapid fire go over a couple last things. Um, okay. This will be a shorter one. It is it is late. Um, I will say he's your friend much more so than mine, but I thought that the Sam's, I don't know if you saw the tribute video today. There was Carson. a little bit on the TSM broadcast. They, they, yeah. did, a, they did a lovely job. Uh, the PA announcer uh, box at McMahon Stadium will henceforth be known as, Dan Carson as, box. The, as the Dan Carson box, Sweet. which is entirely appropriate. Um, really, really loved that um and I, I think that that means a lot to you you know so i did want to yeah. just kind of point it out it means a lot to me but not i i didn't have the personal relationship so was very pleased uh, i know you're at his wake i know it's been a, a difficult time so i just wanted to one more time uh shout out dan and shout out the stampeders for doing a good job um and we kind of covered the Vernon Adams thing. It was just there was this moment where I was like I was like, I and oh, I was like third straight week we're gonna lose a quarterback like yeah. come on like we do this league is quarterback driven and we can't keep having a guy go out every week for, and I'm like, thank gosh, like knock yep. on wood. It wasn't season ending or serious that he's going to have to miss a huge chunk of time because we just want, I tweeted, we, we I was want, like, we want the best players to be on the field. Right. And I don't, and some like, of them aren't, there right? is a level where football is always sort of a war of attrition, right? Like it, yes. it is, you need to be healthy at the end of the year. And yeah. often like there's a little bit of luck in that and all that, but it's also like, I don't want the, to be like oh the last team standing is the one who had the best backup yeah no i want the best players to play yes. the best that, that's what we want for this league and so it was very concerning uh and then as it turns out he could be back this week which yeah. um which is awesome news and i i feel like i, I don't know if dodging a bullet is the appropriate term to use in this case but um you know who knows well I mean, and we they know were, always and they were being very cautious with him which yeah. is a, definitely a thing that we want to do with a guy who's had the you just want to make don't don't rush him don't worry about him because you feel also they that you could tell that team felt confident with dane evans too so exactly and I mean, like i you know there have been rumblings that Bo might not be as far off as as previously thought uh in hamilton i'm not saying like oh Bo's a solution or whatever but like he's a big name he's a big star in this league uh, uh this league's I, better you when you would playing. like to see him be able to continue his career and put up like oh. put up the performances that we remember right exactly and it, here's the th like you look at the, the East division Hamilton's hosting the gray cup and they two years ago, they were in the gray cup when they were hosting and it made that, that added a lot of extra juice. Right. So. so if it's Toronto coming down the road to play in the Hamilton gray cup, the juice is not quite as there. I mean, the Hamilton fans will still have a great party and yep. we know them as to be one of the better. It'll, fan be, bases, it'll so. be a great, great, great hop, cup host. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I will also say that there was a moment this week where I thought Lorenzo Modlin might be uh, hurt. It was great to see him out yeah. there playing well, doing great. And then... And that's where the Stamps run game didn't get anywhere, so... Sean freaking Lemon. He's signing with Montreal. Montreal Alouettes the week before they play the Calgary Stampeders. So this was a thing that I thought about because uh, it used to be a thing in the CFL. Like, a team would release a player, and then if you were playing that team, 
coming up, you would just sign that guy and try to get the scoop on the playbook and everything. Yeah, yeah. You're, I'm just signing you for a week, going to bring you in, get all the information we can get off of you. And <laughs> yeah. So I don't think Sean Lemon has like every all the details about the Calgary Stampeders. He hasn't been with them since no. last year, but he definitely was. He's if, if Sean Lemon goes into the Hall of Fame, he goes in as a Stampeder. I would say. There should not be an if Sean Lemon goes into the Hall of Fame, to be clear. Yeah, he has, I, I can't pull it up because we still don't have sats, even yeah. though it's the end of week seven. He's, he's, the end of, he's in the top ten of sacks of all time. And I don't know that. I know he's above 90. Okay. I believe he's at like 92. So this is a guy who's going to get to 100 sacks. Very few players in CFL history have done that. Yeah. The fact that, again, while with the St. Peters last year, he was the West Division's most outstanding defensive player nominee. Didn't win the league-wide award, no. but this is a guy who's playing at a high level. I also will just say that, like, there is nobody who the public's interpretation of is more off than it is with Sean Lemon. Um, I had this impression of him, like, oh, he's bounced around, he's a he's a bad egg, this whole idea. And I don't know why I had it. Like, I never heard anyone say anything bad about him. No. He seemed to get along with all his former teammates. Yeah. And it's just, like, honestly, like, Sean Lemon's a great dude. Like, I really like him, man. I've I've had him on the yeah, podcast, I mean, but... Um, he's been around the league a long time. Well, I remember covering him when he and I believe first came is, in the league. Like, I believe this is his eighth team, so Hamilton's the only one he hasn't played for. Okay. And I think that that leads people to be like, oh, well, he couldn't stick with one? That's BS. Yeah. Like, no, you know what it means is that... He keeps getting opportunities. He keeps getting opportunities because <laughs> he's that good. So It's like the um, Kevin Glenn effect. It was like Kevin Glenn kept playing with every other team. It was like, yeah, because you know what you're getting with Kevin Glenn, and... You're, you just bring them in because you know what you're going to get. Same thing with Sean Lemon. Montreal needs a little boost to their pass rush. Okay, bring in John Lemon. You know he's going to produce. Oh, yeah. He always does. He does. Um, and, and when and he was... That's the, and the, the first line of the story I saw, I was like, and he's expected to play against Calgary. Well, of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> uh, and he'll, <laughs> he'll make a meal of it. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It'll be I, w- I wish I could be week. in Montreal. But I will say, I mean, even him getting cut by BC, it's like, yeah. Now you look at it like, oh, the best defensive line in the league. Like, yes. yeah, like that was some well, tough competition. And, and, and that Sean one, Lyman that doesn't one came cost down nothing. more to a, a ratio change than anything else, and yeah. it looked like it worked out for them because isn't that Betts Canadian? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they they were like. Okay, let's just let's not try to tinker with the roster and worry about it. We'll have to let Sean go and wish him well, and he's gonna play in Montreal now. So yeah, yeah good on. Um, well, I don't really know. I think we're coming in on probably just under 45 minutes for the pod which is kind of my goal yeah um for for this evening um before i go i mean <laughs> do you want to hear me read about some charcuterie yeah um, I, I keep getting teased like there's going to be a, a, a charcuterie yeah, board here at some point it was never going to be tonight no, uh, no i am going to have you i don't man. think they're open this late on a sunday right oh yeah they let them know in advance these charcuterie boards aren't easy to put together no um or but they, they're all fresh yeah you know, fresh artisanal ingredients um so you want yeah i don't want some three-day-old chicken no, board no, that's no. packaged and wrapping and you yeah. don't get that at fraser and fig fraser and fig one, gives one you the real fresh is... artisanal oh, provisions God, yeah. for on-demand grazing um ozzy anyone who listens to this podcast knows i'm a big fan of fraser and fig um right we are i believe the the, the alternative for us is because we do intend uh man-eating meat it's gonna be a new segment um <laughs> but it also is gonna be in the 30s here one of the great things about living in our in our dearly beloved calgary is that there are rivers that you can go put your feet in sit there just yeah. have a good time you know i can see i can see myself really really getting down with the charcuterie box Damn. sitting in the river sounds like a tomorrow so that sounds like yeah. a great idea uh, it's gonna be 32 degrees here in i calgary might and i might have to call for a fag but anyways 
We'll, we'll let you know. We're going to keep you updated, guys. We always nice. do. Uh, ready to go cheese and charcuterie boxes curated with local artisanal ingredients. They got four sizes every occasion. All boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. And their selections do vary month to month. So just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all. We love Fraser and Fig. They're a great sponsor. We appreciate them. Thank you. Man, I think I'm done work. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm ready to take it. Till tomorrow. So. Yeah, I know. Um, this is two days. Like, I this is two pods in a row where I've worn a collared shirt. Don't okay. plan on making a habit of that. No. But uh, I gotta figure out what I'm doing. Oh, I just got to take off this hat once we're off air. <laughs> it's a day. You can keep it on if you wanted. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. You don't um, want to look like you're supporting the Toronto Argonauts. I mean, I'm I'm always supporting James Wilder Jr. Get Wilder. Get Wilder. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Ian, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> no problem. Um, you are the best, and we appreciate you. Guys, we'll be back on Thursday to talk all things CFL. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much.